this morning. I'm just going to um, give a few thoughts on a very, very well-known psalm. Sometimes we we tend, if a psalm or a, a passage of scripture is very well-known, we, we tend not to, it's, it's kept for, for different occasions and things like that, that we don't tend to refer to it very often. But I'm going to talk to you this morning on a psalm that everybody here knows probably in our Psalm 23 and heard it hundreds and hundreds of times in different settings and different occasions. But you know, God can bring something fresh, something real and something new into our circumstance this morning. So we're going to have a whistle-top tour this morning of Psalm 23. You know, you can have various studies that would take you weeks and weeks to go over, but I promise you, you can eat your dinner on time today. We're going to have a whistle-top tour tour of Psalm 23. So Psalm 23 reads, I haven't used the, my daughter's laid aside as Paul said, so I haven't used the overhead uh, uh, this morning. So it's the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You could probably recite it with me. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over or overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well done. You can have a a sticker (laughs) for that. This psalm is so well known, isn't it? As I've already said, it's a psalm that's written by David and we know the story possibly or probably of David his life, the way that he was taken from being a shepherd boy, and he eventually becomes king. And we're all familiar of all the little stories that happen in his life all along the way. The time that he met Goliath, the problems he had with Jonathan and Saul. And he, most of the Psalms that are written by him are his own life experiences, what he'd come across in his life. And this Psalm 23 is no different to the other Psalms. He's drawing on his own experience. You know, yet when I was preparing this, you know, I had a little niggle thinking, this is such a familiar psalm. Can I draw anything out for people to, to have, you know, for God to meet them where they are? And God reminded me even yesterday, you know, he said, well, do you believe it? And I had to say, well, yes, Lord, I believe. Well, he said, apply it to yourself. And you know, sometimes we know the words, we know what's being written, but we need to apply them freshly to our situation. So I said it's written by David. He's drawing on his own experiences. Firstly, as a shepherd, he knew in his early life he was a shepherd, what it was to be a shepherd. And then the last part of the psalm, he's drawing on his experience as king, as a host. It's a psalm of encouragement and comfort. I love those ones, don't you? The ones that give us encouragement and comfort. You know, the we come across circumstances in life. You now, sometimes God delivers them, delivers us from circumstances. We have uh, miraculous answers to prayer when situations come our way that we don't have to go through, that God delivers them 
And if I was preaching this morning on Psalm 18, it would be a time where God delivered David from his enemies. He knew immediate relief. But you know, this Psalm, Psalm 23, is what I call a going through Psalm. It's a time, sometimes God, situations come our way, certain things come our way, and God doesn't necessarily deliver us straight away, but he certainly does take us through. And this Psalm 23 is when there is a going through Psalm. Now, David knew what it was to face troubles, trials. He faced enemies. He faced temptations. Times when he was afraid. Times when he was very low in spirit, even depressed. But he also knew times of victory, times of refreshing and joy. You know, many of the Psalms are written because of the experiences that he had. But, you know, if we look at Psalm 23 quickly this morning, the first thing that I notice in this psalm that David tells us of, and that's his relationship with God. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, he knew him personally. He knew him for himself. He knew God working in his life. He knew what it was to have communion with God. David had been a shepherd. He had looked after sheep. And possibly you would have thought, well, who's looking after me? You know, we all say that sometimes. We're running around, we're sorting things out, caring people, and we think, well, who's looking after me? Well, let me tell you, the greatest shepherd is looking after each and every one of us this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. We can know him personally, as David did. We can know him personally because we've accepted him as our saviour. He's coming into our life. He's saved us. And he's reconciled us into relationship with himself so we can know him personally. It's not the same knowing about God as we know. Knowing about God is not the same as knowing him personally for ourselves. You know, David knew we could spend a lot of time this morning and talking about the shepherd, the role of the shepherd, because David had first-hand experience. He knew it inside out. But that's not the purpose of why, why I want to look at the psalm this morning. But he knew that's why you could say, God, the Lord is my shepherd. He knew what that encompassed and that God was everything to him. It says, the last part of that verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not be in need or I shall not be in want. He knew that because God was his shepherd, he was the all-sufficient one. You know, whatever we need this morning, God's got it covered. May not look like on the on the surfaces, as Paul said, you know, sometimes we focus on those things that are happening in our lives, but God has got it covered. You know, he is Jehovah Jireh this morning. He is the one who provides for every need. So first of all, we see David is telling us about his relationship with God. Secondly, what does David tell us in the psalm? He tell us, tells us about the rest that God gives. In verse 2, it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, he leads me beside the still waters. You know, it's a beautiful picture of a very peaceful and restful setting, isn't it? Green pastures, something lush, still waters, something quiet, very restful. You know, the rest, the word rest in this psalm that the psalmist used is basically saying it's to be at peace and to be still. If we look at Psalm 46, you know, where we read about God being a refuge 
and strength. That's another psalm that David uh, speaks about the, the tumultuous seas and the, the earth giving way, you know, a, a lot of chaos. But you know, the last verses on that psalm says, be still and know that I am God. So no matter what tumultuous times or circumstances we go through, we can know God's rest and God's peace even in the middle of the troubles. You know, even in the New Testament, the well-known story, when the disciples were in the storm in the boat, Jesus was in the boat with them and the winds and the waves were, were raging. I don't think, they, no, I would have been seasick a long, long time, even before the sto- storm probably had started. But even in that moment, Jesus stands up and says, be still, isn't he? He calms the storm. He brings peace. He brings rest into those times of uncertainty, those times of difficulty, those t- times of trials. You know, he's Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom, isn't he? The God who gives peace as well. Psalm 91 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Matthew 11 Verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, because the, the psalmist's relationship with the Lord this morning, he was able to know what it was to rest as well. The psalm isn't merely telling us about a physical rest that involves like taking a break from activity for relaxing or napping, we call it in our house, or stopping to gather some strength um, to continue or complete some task or physical activity. But it refers in this psalm to a spiritual rest, a spiritual rest from confusion, from worry, from stress, from useless human effort, and a break from all internal, external, and mortal and spiritual enemies. You know, when we come to know that rest that God gives, what happens next? Well, thirdly, in verse three, it starts off by saying, he restores my soul. It's a place when we come into knowing God's rest, when we come close to God, when we experience his rest and peace, there's a divine exchange that takes place. He gives us his peace. He gives us his his rest, you know, and an exchange is taken of all, all the things, the troubles that are perhaps going on in our lives. We can know that divine exchange. Now, when I was thinking about restoration this morning, there's three ways that we could possibly describe restoration. The first way is sometimes we say restore when we're trying to recover something that was lost. So restoring can mean recovering. And David, as I said, out of his experience, he knew exactly what that meant as well. There was a time we read in 1 Samuel um, chapter 30 that um, David had gone off to fight some of his enemies. And when he came home to his setting in the place where he was um, living, in a place called Ziklag, the Amalekites had come in in the meantime and had raided the whole uh, set in where they were and they'd stolen um, all, all their belongings but more than that they'd taken away the families of the 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 uh, David's army the wives the children and and David inquired of the Lord what he should do and God had told him he was to go after the enemy to recover what the enemy had stolen from them and we read 
in verse and uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 18 and 19, it says, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. God restored everything to him. He recovered, David recovered everything. You know, there's a verse in Joel and it says about uh, restoring the years that the locusts have eaten, isn't it? I know sometimes we can feel lost in our lives. Sometimes when we feel that the enemy has come and stripped everything away, God wants to restore to us, not put just back to what it was, but more in abundance that he gives us more and more abundantly. So restoring this morning, it could mean recovery. Secondly, restoring this morning could mean a renewal. I don't know how many Paul likes watching. It's a program on television. It's called, you watched telly yesterday as well, is it? <laughs> Twice now in one week. <laughs> um, it's called The Repair Shop. Anybody seen The Repair Shop? Well, we love the repair shop in our house and it's where people bring objects which are held very dear to them or perhaps as a family heirloom over the years have basically been worn or broken and they take them to this repair shop where the actual experts, they work on it to restore it, to renew it back to perhaps its original purpose and what it looked like. And you know, that's what God does in our lives by restoring our lives. He renews us. Doesn't he? As I said, a divine exchange can, takes place. He renews us. He renews our spirit. He renews our body. He renews our soul. You know, sometimes things, if we're talking about renewing, they have an expiry date. If you've got a car, your MOT has an expiry date, your tax has an expiry date, your TV license, anything like that, insurances, all have expiry dates. And we have to physically renew to be able to complete or to complete you uh, to be able to continue using them. Now, and sometimes the enemy will come in and give us an expiry date and say, well, God can't use you anymore because you did this. God can't use you anymore because you've come to a certain age. God can't use you anymore because of this, that, or whatever. And the enemy can speak those doubts into our lives. But God, in Psalm 23, he talks about restoring our soul. He wants to renew us, continually renew us day by day. And the third part of restoration is very similar to renewal. It's refreshing. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, isn't it? He wants to refresh us. The gift of the Holy Spirit, as we've heard even from pastor over the last few weeks, isn't just a one-off experience, a one-time experience, but it's a daily experience. The Holy Spirit refreshing us day by day. The Lord is my shepherd. That's the relationship that David had. He talked about the rest, the green pastures and the still waters. David talked thirdly about God restoring our soul. And then if we look at verses three and four, it says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's why this is a walk through Sam, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Fourthly, we have the reassurance of God's presence with us. Now, God is Emmanuel, isn't he? God with us. God with us, 
and God in us. Verses 3 and 4, that David is reassured, no matter what difficulties come away, no matter what troubles and trials come away, God never leaves him, God never abandons him, but we can know his presence, we can know his rest, we can know his restoration, even at those times. He gives us his presence to guide us. It says about leading us in paths of righteousness for his his name's sake. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, his presence guides us day by day. You know, when we dwell in his presence, we can know that. You know, every daily decision we need to make, those choices that we come across in life, God can help us. God can lead us. If we're open to him and we commit our lives to him, he can lead and guide us. Every day, you know, the, the children of Israel, when they came out of evil, they had God's presence with them. The cloud guided them by day and the, the, the fire, the pillar of fire guided them by night. So his presence is with us to guide us. Psalm 139 talks about God going before us and shielding our way. Not only does his presence guide us, but it protects us. You know, it says, even though I walk through, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So the psalmist is going through a difficult time, but he knows that God is protecting him. He says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, God is our refuge. He's our fortress, you know, and so many things that we can um, pictures that David gives even in his Psalms of that protection over our lives. And I'm sure, as we've already heard this morning, if God protects us day by day. We could certainly testify of the times that God helped us and protected us from unseen dangers and from dangers. And the same with many of the characters in the Bible. We've got Daniel, there's so too many to mention, Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, Bednego, even Paul, so many characters. We read of stories and accounts where they knew God's presence protecting them. So presence guides, his protect, uh, presence protects, and his presence comforts us. Who needs some comfort this morning? No, his presence comforts us. He said, your rod and staff protect and comfort me. He's close by, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He's the Holy Spirit. That's one of the words of the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is the one who comes alongside us. He comes alongside us to comfort and console us. In Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2, it says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you or called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, these are pretty terrible things, aren't they? Fire and rivers, you will not be burned. The flames will not set set you ablaze. So we reassure this morning of God's presence. So the psalm reminds us that God is with us always. And lastly, when we come to verses five and six, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. 
Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not just some of the days, but all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 5, uh, verse 5 and 6, the psalmist quickly, he reminds us. He reminds us of the victory we can know. Even in our circumstances, we could be going through a circumstance. He'll bring us into a place of refreshing and abundance. We can know, we know victory already this morning, don't we? Because Jesus won the victory at Calvary over sin, death and hell. There's nothing. He's defeated our greatest enemy this morning. So we're a victorious people this morning. Do you believe that? We are a victorious people this morning because of what he's done. So he reminds us, it's a picture of a banquet, a king. As, as I said, the first part of the psalm is where David is drawing on his experience as a shepherd. The last, latter part of the psalm is where he's drawing on his experience as a king, where he would have welcomed visitors and, and put a, and, and set up a banquet. He would have been a host as a king, even in the presence of enemies. They were able to enjoy a feast, knowing victory. Um, so even in those circumstances, we know that God is our king and he, he is our horse. We can know victory in our circumstances. He doesn't only remi- remind us that we have victory this morning, but he reminds us in the Psalms of the many blessings that we have. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup, is it half full, a little bit full? What gives God gives to us is running over. It overflows, and that's what Pastor spoke about last week, isn't it? Living in the overflow. Our cups are overflowing with blessings this morning. We may think our circumstances aren't great, whatever we're going through this morning, but we are a blessed people this morning. We're a privileged people this morning. We read, um, Pastor Rob always used to bring Ephesians chapter one saying, you know, we're a chosen people this morning. We're adopted. We're accepted. We're redeemed and we see we have so many spiritual blessings this morning. We are a blessed people. All my life, he has been faithful. We've sang about the goodness of God in our lives this morning. That's what the psalmist is doing. He's drawing us, uh, drawing our attention to the fact, saying that you are maybe going through difficulties. You may be going through circumstances. Life may be difficult at the moment, but you're blessed. God has blessed your life abundantly. Blessings aren't just for now. The third point is the, the psalmist reminds us of our future destiny. Our future blessings as well. Our blessings are not just for today, but they are forever. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He reminds us of our future destiny. Now we're secure this morning. We can know security in our hope in him. You know, we're living in such an insecure world at the moment. Everything is shaken around us. Our governments, our countries, everything is shaking. Things, interest rates go up and down. People, different people are, are leading the country at different times. There's so much turmoil, so much distress and so much in, insecurity. But we have a firm hope this morning. We have a secure hope this morning. We have a destiny this morning and eternity spent with Jesus. So the psalmist, I know it's been a quick Whistle tops to her this morning. But you know, it's not important just to know it. We can recite it. Most of us could probably recite it this morning. The most important is, do we believe it? You know, when we go in through those times of difficulties, when God has taken us through some things, Lord, your word says this, I believe it, Lord. 
And you know, when we believe it, we'll apply it to our lives. The way that we deal with things day by day, the, the focus will be shifted. And the focus will be shifted onto God working in an each of our lives. And as I said, this is a psalm that's spoken of so, so greatly, so, so much. And sometimes we could tend to put it to one side saying it's only for certain uh, occasions, you know, but God speaks to us. He can give us freshness through his word as we read it. So I trust this morning, as we've just looked at Psalm 23, God is your shepherd. You know him yourself. You've got a personal relationship that he is your shepherd this morning. I trust if we go into difficulties this morning that we will know his rest. And in that place of rest that we will know that he can restore our souls. He can recover those things that are lost. He can renew and he can refresh us. He reassures each and every one of us this morning, no matter what we go through. Nothing is too difficult for him. But even when we go through those times of testings, he is with us. He doesn't leave us on his own, on our own. He is with us. He reassures us of his presence. And he reminds us this morning of the victory that each and every one of us can know in him. He reminds us we're a blessed people. We can know his blessings. Our cups overflow this morning with what he's done for each and every one of us. If it ended at the cross, our cups would still overflow. But God is so gracious to each and every one of us that he blesses our lives day by day. And we have an eternity with him as well. So let's hide the word of God in our heart this morning. Let's store it for those times when we know that God takes us through different circumstances, that we can bring those things to mind. The Holy Spirit can quicken them in our hearts and in our minds as he takes us through. Amen. Shall we pray? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your comfort and the encouragement of your work this morning. Lord, I thank you that we can know you with us each and every day of our lives, working in our lives. And Lord, I pray for us as a congregation this morning. I pray for our families this morning. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what we're going through, Lord Jesus, that we can know you in the midst of the storm with each and every one of us. That we can know your presence to guide us, to lead us, to help us, to sustain us and strengthen us. And Lord, we thank you this morning, Lord, that we are a victorious people. Lord, we are your children. We are children of the King this morning. We are precious to you. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us, Lord, in these coming days to apply your word to our, to our own lives, Lord, that we will hide it in our hearts. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a, and a light to our path. Lord, you will help each and every one of us wherever you've placed us. And, Lord, may we know your blessings in these days. Thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for the way you do bless our lives day by day. But, Lord, we just pray that you will help each and every one of us to be what you want us to be to shine you a light in this day and generation. In your precious name, I ask it. Amen.